As the proud CEO of a woman-owned company, Lacey Maxwell, founder and CEO of Lacey Maxwell Experiential, she works with a diverse family of artist managers, producers, tax creators, and others to develop award-winning events and hospitality that focus on inspirational content executed with unmatched production while keeping an eye on sustainability and inclusion all across the world at some of the biggest events. Paul McCartney, Usher, Bob Dylan, Elton John, Eminem, J.J. Watt, the Black Keys, and Barack Obama are recognizable VIPs in the world of sports and entertainment and among the many high-profile personalities that Lacey Maxwell has created experience with and for over her award-winning 25-year career. Lacey brings it today on the podcast. We talk about creativity, micromanaging, global business, how to stay resilient, the keys to client retention, the list goes on. If you want to learn and level up, tune in for the whole episode and be inspired to bring your best self to work this week. Let's go. Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. We interview women in the sports and entertainment businesses to teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. Let's bring visibility to women who are crushing it in their roles. Join us week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Lacey Maxwell. She is the CEO and founder of Lacey Maxwell Experiential, and we are so excited to have you here today. I want to kick it to you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us who you are and what you do. Thank you so much, Emily. It's great to be here. My name is Lacey Maxwell, and I run, I guess I'm the CEO of uh, Lacey Maxwell Experiential, which is also commonly known as LME. And uh, we are experiential marketers, a large agency mentality with a small boutique setup. Um, We are excited to be part of this podcast and talk a little bit about what it is that I do, how we got here, and um, any insights we might be able to help to inspire other people. Well, I love it. And what you do is uh, pretty dang cool. So we're going to do some storytelling and also gain a lot of information and, and inspiration from your story. So tell us, how did you get there? There was a big transition in your career that led you to LME. So um, what's the story? Okay, story. My origin story, wanted to do sports marketing since I can remember. And I gave that a small stint and it wasn't for me at the time. It wasn't for me. And I was quite sad, but I ended up marketing and doing events and the music business. So I work for a a local concert promoter in San Francisco, which is Bill Graham Presents at the time. And found my way, and I'll say that safely, which was great from the events perspective to be taught all the operational sides, the safety, humans, nature, how they work, all of the difference. Not like we're an event planner that just picks centerpieces, like public safety is number one to us. And then how do you touch the consumer and make these uh, unique experiences? And so we did that in rock and roll. I learned the ropes, uh, started an events division. Uh, Then the company was purchased and it's now Clear Channel. So we got to work up through the ranks and kind of always have this training in the back of my brain that is based in events, 
music and public assembly while we're achieving marketing goals. So we can help really advise our clients and be a strategic partner from a lot of perspectives. Yeah. And when you left Clear Channel, you were a VP. Yeah. You were asked to bring your artistic and unique rock and roll style, the South by Southwest inspiration to sports hospitality. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that comes full circle. So what ended up happening, rock and roll, I went into, you know, I was succeeding hugely in the events business, starting my own company. And I was asked to work a, to do what we do at this point. It's like super fun lifestyle marketing, rock and roll. Yet they asked me to come and do a golf tournament. I was like, golf, you're crazy. I've never even stepped foot on a golf course. The uh, fun fact, that event was eight years ago today, the first day of that event in San Francisco. And then uh, we did what we do in, um, in, in rock and roll in golf because no one ever told me we weren't allowed to. I remember the moment when we set up the event and then I walked outside and it, could, it was overnight because we got in there late and we they wouldn't let us load in during the day because you can't, like they only have exclusive vendors. We broke every possible rule you can imagine. Great partner of mine um, at the time, our client. And it's basically in the morning I wake up, I go, I go to go to the event space and I'm starting to see the other event activations that are happening and they're white, white tents, white plastic, white everything. And I was like, oh God. So I call my client. I'm like, am I in trouble? Like I'm so sorry that I don't think that we got the guidelines that I didn't get the memo that told us to do all white, white plastic. And she's like, started to laugh. And she's like, no, this is absolutely why we hired you. We wanted to do something different. And that was the beginning of the last eight years of many golf tournaments. I love that. So what did that look like? You, you walk in, you see all white, what were your ideas? What were those initial ideas and how did you start to change the perspectives around traditional sports and hospitality activations? Yeah. Well, okay. So we didn't want to, well, first of all, we didn't know what the norm was, so we didn't mean to break the norm, but we broke the norm and we did it because of the way we do storytelling. It was really important for our client to be approachable, to have uh, a, a forum for their clients to get together and to do some storytelling, talk about their new products, talk about some new partnerships they had going on. So for us, in order to do that, we really want to come into an environment and really give re- reasons for people to stay, to get them to icebreakers, to have a communication between each other and actually create a bond. So we did a pop shop inside the suite, which is a store with all the merchandise. So they could come and have a shopping experience. We did leather Chester fields. We did hardwood floors that were feeling sort of for, for Dell technology. So it felt like it was Austin-y in its creation. We did neon colored lights. So we did all these things like we would normally do, but we did them in golf or it just wasn't traditional. I love that. I can picture that. I've been in those all white suites <laughs> and, yeah. you know, just, just changing what that experience is. I'm sure it had such a impact on not only the client, but everyone who got to be a part of that experience. So yeah. what does it look like when a client works with you to bring this experience to life that they can't yet picture? What does that pitch look like from, you know, day one meeting to bringing it to life on event day? Yeah. Well, and it's very fun. We're fortunate to be very, very deeply 
connected with a lot of our core clients. So we actually will get briefed in pretty deeply, even far in advance of when things are coming to market. So we can help them bring it to market experientially. We'll work with their advertising folks internally to realize where they're going, but they haven't really figured out how to bring it to market yet and how people can touch it. So we will study what they're studying, knowing what we know, always kind of from a third-party perspective, like over the top, gives us the opportunity to have them really sort of get involved with the storytelling with us. And we pitch them and it's just like you would any pitch, right? We go in and we're like, okay, now this is crazy, but I see marble. I see this for you. You guys are clean and modern and we're doing this. And then kind of define what that looks like from our perspective, taking into consideration their perspective. So you have done just for our, our listeners, if you haven't gone to her website yet and seen all, all that Lacey has done, but it's PGA, LPGA, F1, political fundraisers, you know, speaking of F1, you're one of the only marketing companies that has activated with F1 throughout the whole world. And as part of this success, you're expanding into the UK and beyond. So for our listeners, what do you think are the three keys to client retention and expansion? Well, that's great. Okay. Client expansion. I think true partnerships with full transparency. That's one. That's not going to be one of the two of the three. I think full transparency and really becoming a true partner with your client is essential. It has been for us. Uh, and I think not being afraid to take risks. I had our one of our clients recently say, can you do this? I was like, I can do this, but maybe there's an agency that specializes in that. Maybe better suited for that. And she looked right at me and said, that's not what I asked you. Can you do it? So when we understand their brand so well, it helps to take that knowledge and be able to put forward for them. And then the third one, I think is flexibility. You know, there's times when you ride this roller coaster with your clients where economy is strong and then the economy is not, but we have to deliver the same stuff. How do we do that? And not being bummed or frustrated that we can't, we just have to start, be really grateful for what we have. And we just have to keep going. And sometimes it's going to peak and sometimes it's going to be all about being super crafty and creative. And the other times it's going to be maybe a little bit prettier flowers. (laughs) Maybe it's made out of real wood instead of a faux wood and what have you. So we like to scale and scope what we're doing to really work with our clients so they don't feel like we're just one size for one category. We fit all the categories. I love that. And I'm like continuing to be your hype woman here. So I'm going to list off a couple more of your amazing clients before this next question. Paul yeah. McCartney, Usher, Bob Dylan, Elton John, Eminem, JJ Watt, Barack Obama are all recognizable VIPs in this world of sports entertainment. And among many of your high profile personalities that you've created experiences for over your 25 year award winning career, of course, you've racked up the awards as well. So We know sports and events are not all glamour. What's been the highest high and the lowest low at LME? Wow. Oh, that's really good. Um, Okay. Let's start with the the lowest low. I think that I, I forget that not everybody's as open-minded as I am, or as some people are, I just keep thinking people think of things the way that I do. And that's not necessarily the case. Being a woman run company stepping into motorsports was and is a 
been a challenge to say the least. But at the same time, it's probably literally the same answer, different question. I'd say us working in Formula One and ex- ex- to the extent that we are in motorsports right now is wildly, wildly gratifying. Knowing that I can help inspire the women that have been in the business for years and years and years that might not feel like they've been able to be equal or even higher than. And I've found a piece in that. And I'm really excited about it, whether it's a younger folks in the business or the older women in the business doesn't really matter. I just feel like I find a found a place where I'm going to get in there and shake it up a little bit, just like we did with golf, because that's also pretty male dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I could go on the list could go on. I'd say another one of my favorite events though is LPGA and us doing women's golf. Uh, um, it's a, it turned out to be extremely satisfying. I love that. And I, we're just at this different place now. Like women used to be, well, some did it, some were just accused of it, but pulling up the ladder behind them and where now we feel like we've worked really hard. We want to share that success and we want to help the next girl. And, um, I think like the, the old age mentality of it's lonely at the top is, is true. And it might be a reason why we've extended a hand back to lead her forward. Like come join me. Let's normalize this. Let's normalize the success of women and show what what we can all do, especially if we could work together. So I I love hearing that from you and really setting that example um, for the next one. Yeah. I think mentoring has been something that I've really didn't really step out and intending to do, but something I find also very fulfilling. And I've enjoyed um, helping uh, just set the groundwork for some folks just so they can make that step up. Regardless, it's really just a novice or green person coming into the marketplace. Man or woman doesn't even matter. Mm -hmm. At that point, it's just helping that next generation take the step up in a right way. What do you find is the is like the piece of advice or like the information that these mentees are seeking from you? Like, what are they asking you and how do you answer those questions? I think a lot ask how I got, or how do you, how do I do what you do? And like, well, first of all, you do what you want to do for 30 years, then you'll do what I do. Like I, whatever your path might be, you're not ever going to just walk in and be that person. Very rarely. It's been all the crazy things that have happened and all the great things and the sad and the ups and downs that have created me and where I am right now. Um, I think the most important part though, the biggest part of advice is what I've already mentioned. Like, don't be afraid to take a risk. Don't be afraid to take a risk. And, and there's nothing, it's not, it's, you're not going to die from it. Give it a shot, give it a try, no matter what age you're at. And I think that's important, really important. Yeah. I was reminded of the quote, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. And I was thinking about it this morning, like, you know, sometimes we're just, we're just holding ourselves back by some fear or barrier that we're placing in front, which like we created, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like the big ski hill and you're at the top. Just don't even think about it. Just like, just don't sit at the top and stress about it. Just go walk down the hill. And before you know it, you'll be halfway down the hill and you're into this new path and your adrenaline's going and 
Yeah, I would just say that sometimes you overthink it or you're fair afraid that you can't do it for whatever reason, but you're never going to know unless you really try. And don't be afraid of trying. It's not who it's not really defined. My mom was really great since the littlest of ages. I just I told her what she's funny. What do you want to do? And I said, I'm be a race car driver. And she's like a race car driver. Okay, great. Never, not once was it girls don't do that ever. So I just was raised with this sort of tomboy. I can do whatever I'm intended to do, which was freeing. And it worked. (laughs) It worked, but it took a lot of work to get here. A lot of sacrifice. Yeah. And now accuracy, consistency, and accountability are the three words that describe the ethos of LME and your approach to your client relationships. How did you approach sort of defining this ethos of what you are or what you wanted to become? And then what advice do you have for our listeners who want to define either their personal ethos or their business ethos? Like, where do you start with with that exercise? Well, we came to it naturally. I don't think it was even an exercise. It was just a need for us, for this company. Uh, We got there very easily just because I'm not flexible when it comes to ethics. I'm, you know, I, it's really important to me that we are honest to very truthful. And the more we work globally, I think this is funny because we just, you know, expanded globally. Not everybody's like this. And they're like, we're the crazy Americans that are oversharing. But I really, it's really important to me that we enjoy working with each other, that we're transparent, that our clients are transparent with us and that we can be ourselves because we're going to get there so much more quickly if we can be honest. And I think having that integrity and that ethos is important on every level. There is no room for any being anybody being toxic or unhealthy or even slightly negative on our team, real all day long, but don't manifest and project that onto other people. And we we're true on that when it comes down to our clients too. Like we're a small shop for how big we are uh, outwardly looking. Yeah, we're not. We're actually a pretty petite agency, but we 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 say no more than we say yes. If I if we don't like working with somebody, we're not going to take the business again. And I would close my doors before I would compromise that for my team. That is so strong. Yeah, it is so strong, but and it's so authentic. I think we've we started to use the word authenticity in business a lot over the last couple of years, and I think you just described it better than I've almost heard from anybody else. Like those started as your own internal, like must haves and yeah. you're going to build a business on any other foundation, but that, and then you've never compromised. Nope. I won't. And, and it's meant some people, it's not the right fit for some people. It's not the right fit for some clients, or they don't really appreciate or understand the value they get with us. Cause it's not a dollar value. It's more than that. We would lay down for you. We are partners. We will see things differently, but objectively, we will minimize your risk and liability. Big, big people conversations, adulting all day long, but in their behalf for this multi-billion dollar company, we still can have heart and soul. And so we find ourselves radiating towards team members that are that way, clients that are that way, vendors that are that way. So we're really proud of the fact that we built a universe around that. Now our universes just keep expanding and now we're expanding globally, being able to work in Formula One has been absolutely awe-inspiring to the entire team. We're loving it. It's been a long time since I've been challenged by something. And this was inside, inside, 
inside job. Like it's very specific working in this thing that's got this fast pace. Rock and roll tours are one thing. Global rock and roll tours are another. Race, motorsports, F1 racing, even crazier the schedule. How are you going to get there? Loading it all in and out. And so you go on that site and you think that these people don't like each other, like the Red Bull team versus McLaren. And that's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. They're in it together. They're on the road together on the every single day. I'm sure the, there's some inroads and there's definitely the drama around it. But at the end of the day, they have a lot of respect and it's a family and we fit so well. Golf is the same way. Sports marketing in general is that way. But those two groups were right at home. And so we've taken the, what we learned in rock and roll and we brought it to this. And then we take our clients and show them how to execute these sponsorships. And it's pretty exciting. And it's just a little teeny tiny niche that we've worked out and we're not stopping anytime soon. And how great is it showing up for work every day when you're working with people and organizations that share that same mentality as you? And that's what happens when you build a truly authentic business on, you know, your ideals. And it's, it's really blossomed for you. What does it mean to you to be a woman-owned business and to be recognized as such and take home so many awards? Uh, Well, it feels good, but I really don't know anything else. So I, you know what I mean? I think I'm proud. I'm very proud to a, to an extent. I'm really proud, but at this point, I don't think whether a man or woman, it really matters. It's successful. It's been a successful time and a positive growth experience for, for me, my team and our clients. So I am proud to achieve what we have for my team and mostly for my clients. I get so excited when these, win these awards. I know it looks like it's us, but I get really excited for them. I get excited when they get on the cover of Event Marketer as the top tech women in tech. That excites me because we're doing something right. If we can get them on the corporate side, the kind of exposure that we get on the marketing side, we marketers after all. This is one of the tricks, right? So yeah, I'm proud of it. That's not the end all be all, but it's the truth and it's organic and it's who we are. Yeah. And your ability to, you know, continue to grow your business, um, be competitive in the space, but also be so supportive of everyone else is, is another very clear key to success as a marketer, as a business owner, as a partner, like you have to cheer others on and you are, you're doing it and genuinely, which um, which is like evident in, in your voice and, and hearing from you today. So um, that's all just such a great example of leadership. I hope that our listeners are are hearing it from you because I certainly am. Thank you. I hope so too. So for women who want to branch out and use their experience to start their own company, where do they start? I think they honestly, my first bit of advice would be do something that you love. So it doesn't feel like work. That's it. Don't just do something to not have a boss. Do what you love and follow follow that. If you are listening to this podcast, I know you are a busy professional. We can agree we are always looking for products that are convenient and make life easier. Mobot water bottles are one of these products. It's a water bottle and a foam roller in one. I use the water bottle at the gym, staying hydrated in boot camp and then flipping the bottle on its side at the end of class to quickly foam roll my legs. 
It helps with recovery and gets me back to work faster. Get yours at mobot.com and use the code leadership is female, all one word, to get 15% off. Support Lonnie Cooper, the female founder of this product, and support yourself. This is a must have wellness water bottle. I don't know about you, but I love learning more about myself. If there's a quiz out there to help me better understand who I am, I'll take it. If there's a journal prompt, I'm using it. But how about a business that helps female leaders communicate effectively while inspiring confidence and trust in those you want to impact? Sign me up. Breakthrough Brands is unlocking clarity for women leading progress. They build leadership brands for women to discover what inspires them, define what drives them, and unlock how to share their brands with others. Do you want to gain clarity on your personal brand? Shoot me a note at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com or on Instagram, and we will introduce you to the women who will help you unlock your leadership brand. That's breakthroughbrands.com. At Leadership is Female, we are serious about supporting you in your career. That includes the tips to get you ahead inside your current organization or provide you with the next big opportunity in a new role. That's why we have partnered with Legacy Search, an executive recruiting firm specializing in mid to senior level executive searches across professional, collegiate, and minor league sports. Check out the openings listed at LegacySportsSearch.com or in our monthly Leadership is Female newsletter. Hint, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, head to leadershipisfemale.com. If you find a job listed at Legacy Sports Search that looks like it should be yours, email us at leadershipisfemale at gmail.com and we will introduce you directly to the opportunity. This is your career. Make the most of it. And how do you do that gut check along the way? Like, is this still working? Is this still working when things get tough? Oh, that's a hard one, my friend, Emily. Like I, that was a really tough one. Um, I've had many gut checks and I think you have for, uh, for me, I have not tried to reinvent what it is that I'm doing. Cause I could just say, ah, this isn't working. I've had to maneuver through dot-com booms. I've busts 2008. Like I've been through all of it with COVID. Like we've been through all of it and you just, we're resilient. Human beings are resilient. So I feel like we would be able to maneuver through that as a team. And I don't, I can't do it by myself either. I think that that has to be said that you have to surround yourself with people that are like-minded that have the same passion. I think sometimes some of our team members fight harder for things than, than I do because they're so passionate and excited about it and feel righteous. Maybe even too, Sometimes maybe a little too much, but I, I do love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. So I think that's it. Surround yourself with a good team and do something you absolutely love. What does the day-to-day look like for you? I'm sure there's no two days that are the same, but no. you know, generally speaking, you wake up for the week and. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So wake up from the weekend, Monday, of course. I start our global calls super early. So that's the thing that I didn't realize as you work globally. Of course, there's never any sleep. <laughs> Learn that the hard way. Um, lots of leader, leadership meetings. We meet with our directors. We kind of plan out what we're going to do for the week. Uh, I will try and sit in on most of the executive calls or our very big programs that are coming into that are potential of being annual. I like to get in and set these programs up. For example, we're doing something for a client in Davos this year. It's very high profile, very exciting program. 
but it's really fundamentally needs to be set up properly. So I'm going to be in there side by side with my team, making sure it's set up the way that I like. So I'll forecast that. I work on running the company. I do the tedious, the insurance, and I work with the accountants and make sure that people, you know, the onboarding happens with the new people. There's HR that takes care of that. Just sort of make sure the company is running smoothly. But then I'm also wildly excited about the creative that we do. So I love to be involved in that part of it. How do you stay creative when you're so involved in running the business, you know, little sleep, like where, where does the creativity come from to still pull out these unbelievable ideas for your clients? I don't, I think I'd be a billionaire if I knew the answer to that question. I don't know. And it comes at the craziest times, the times you're the most tired. It's not necessarily when you want it to, but it always gets delivered in the time the client needs it. Uh, and I just, it's just who I am. It's crazy that I could go from talking to the accountants and running the company and looking at the logistics and how we're going to set up bank accounts globally. And what is their, you know, lo- looking at economics in general, I should have studied that in school because it's where I've ended up. Um, but no marketing was, you know, now it's all one, it's all together there. But anyway, I feel like I'm um, able to, really be able to hop between both worlds. It's a little taxing. Sometimes when I go from meeting that's creative to tactical meeting to a new p- pitch, it's a little bit difficult, but I just try and be there for the team when I can and take a minute, <laughs> take one minute and a breath in between if I need it just to get myself centered and together. Do Our- you have any organizational tips with all this jumping from one thing to the next? You get the idea. You don't want to forget it. Like no. where does, where does this, tell us the inside details, Lacey, yeah. let's get recorded. Oh my God. You're going to, I am going to get in trouble. My team wants me to get an EA really bad and I will not do it. I don't want, I don't want to have to entertain or keep somebody else busy, which is a joke because I, there's not enough hours in it to get done what I need to get done on a daily basis. I say one of my biggest tricks though, to answer your question is I try and turn off my email when I really need to focus on something. So if I'm on a call, I just literally click it off, not even necessarily on a call, but just really trying to focus on a proposal or something. Cause I have this rapid hundreds and hundreds of emails in a day and I get in this, I have to respond right now moment. And then that's not great for my team. Cause they think that I expect that when I'm just trying to get it off my plate. And then uh, I don't have time to really focus on some of the things I need to. So that's one of my new little tricks lately that I've really turned off the email uh, it's not that I'm as good as checking it like every three hours. I just take that time when I need to write a proposal or I need to work on a new offer sheet for a new team member, whatever it might be that I personally have to do. I just kind of carve the time out to do that and then go back to the billion emails. And yeah. then, okay, not responding to some right away. It's such a good reminder because you can let email run your whole day. You could just sit and answer and Hundreds. let other people tell you what to do. Yes you know, through that's someone else's to-do list, your email. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And then I sometimes find that when I do that, I undermine my team. I don't mean to from a leadership perspective, but like maybe all of us are on there and then I'm like, boom. And I answer, it doesn't even give the the team the time. They don't feel like they're succeeding. And that's not a winning leadership skill. Like I've had to learn by school of hard knocks, a lot of this leadership stuff. And then it's different with every single team member. Right. So I have to marry up to all of that. But I'm I'm learning every single day and just trying to be the best leader that I can be for the team, for our clients, 
and inspiring those around us and staying creative and doing the accounting. (laughs) Yeah. We've talked so much about, you know, your ethos of, of creativity, of accuracy, consistency, accountability, transparency. Would you say that those are all things that you apply to your scale of leadership within your business? Like how are you managing your team members so that they can be as successful as possible? Yeah. Well, I try and mentor them a little bit. Um, I stop micromanaging. That's probably one of the biggest things. I used to be the worst micromanager. <laughs> I know. And I stopped and I realized that nobody was growing and it was my fault and that I needed to take responsibility for that and stop micromanaging people, give them the tools that they need and let them go do what they need to do and trust that they'll get it done. And if they don't, they're not going to get in trouble. There's nothing anybody on my team could do that they would actually get fired ever. Really, it is about us growing. And if you're um, my, my business partner, Graham always says this. He says, if, you, if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning. So it kind of gives you an open forum to make mistakes and be able to be okay with it. And that, that, that is the growth process. So it's, it's uh, being a leader for this size group and with the intensity level of the massive programs that we do do, they're live, they're televised, they're celebrities, there's red carpets, just takes a, a temperament for people. And I think I've learned over the years that I've done it, that nobody's dying. It's not that big of a deal. I don't care who the celebrity is. The red carpet's there. It's fine. And I've had to just kind of put that perspective and then share that perspective with my team and leave them some ability to make the mistakes that they need to, to learn. It's such a great mentality that if you aren't making mistakes, you're not learning. And it also goes back to what you said before about, you know, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So like, if you're not letting your team make mistakes, then they're afraid to try something new. So it can like easily cannibalize and eat up your own business. If your team doesn't feel the freedom to go after it, then you can't grow. And they can't grow. And we can't physically, the company's grown tenfold with me stopping this bad habit that I had. I guess I was just a young leader that just wasn't experienced enough. And I, that was my own neurosis and I just didn't let it go soon enough. So wildfire ensued when I did let go and started trusting. And for everybody else, they're so much fuller and they're growing and they're growing quickly. And it's just, yeah, I didn't realize that I was holding it back. Me personally, my shortcomings, I thought I was, you know, I have an 18 year old son who knows everything, but I felt like I knew most things, right? I knew a lot, but it's silly when you're the one making the challenge for everybody. So there's been a lot of growth, a lot of growth, personal and personal and within the company. Yeah. Well, it takes a certain type of leader to be able to realize a shortcoming and then also take action. Like I think so many leaders, heads of companies, they recognize a behavior where they're doing things and think maybe I should stop. And then they don't, right. Or they take one step and then like 10 steps backwards, because that's more of the comfort zone of their leadership style. So, you know, for you to recognize and run with it and then recognize the results is um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a testament to my partner and my partnerships with all of our clients and all of the team. And I really do look at them all like family. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of family, your favorite title is mom. Yes. Tell us about life outside of work um, in San Francisco and how you decompress after travel and premium hospitality with C-suite clients and A-listers, you know, back to life with your 18-year-old. Denial. (laughs) I come home. I I live in a a little tiny town in Northern California. We call it Mayberry, but it's not. And I love to just drive into town and it's quiet. Nobody knows where I've been. They don't know what I've been doing. And I come home and there's a sense of calm that I absolutely love. But, and I've sacrificed a lot. There's no question. Being a mother has always been number one, but I wasn't going to let my career get too far away from that. So now my son is very interested in marketing and economics, <laughs> which is great. Um, and he's always just been part of it too. We, he's been on, I think this last week and we took a flight down to colleges and it was his 221st flight. We just didn't know any different. We were like, okay, there we got another team member. We'll just take him with us. So he's just world traveled. He's been naturally organically with his family, just in many different places and many situations on many event sites and had these opportunities, which he might not quite appreciate yet. Not all the way that he should. I think later in life, people appreciate it even more, but it's been a a good opportunity for him too. And I think we really relish the time we have together. And even though I did end up traveling a lot, coming home, relaxing, and really just checking, I hate to say it, but almost just checking out like a wonderful weekend after a crazy week on the road, producing a big event or being on the road for a month. I've gone for a month, a month at a time, especially in March is to sit and just watch films and eat red vines and just be a family and laugh on our couch. Literally. It's, it's so good. And it's so um, representative of like who you can be as a mom and who you can be as a leader. And that, um, you know, you can, you can have it all if you define what that means for you and like, which version of all you're living in each of the days. Exactly. And I, and I'm, I will tell you, my son will have excellent work ethic because he won't know any other way. (laughs) We're going to get that instilled in him. He still needs to figure out how to do his laundry, but he'll figure that out. Yeah. And if you really think about that, like as a mom and what you want to leave your kids with and what you want to leave them to know, it's like, what behaviors are they going to bring forward and how are they going to be like good humans on this earth? And I think work ethic is definitely at the top of my list. Yeah. Work ethic. And the other thing that was really important for me that I, I didn't get, sorry, mom, if you're listening, I didn't get much of traveling when I was younger. So I didn't understand the ways of the world. And one of my most important, especially as we've been looking at colleges, universities and different programs for my son was We've set you up to see things in a different way. You should take advantage of that. And I, on the top three decisions that you would make for me into college, not that I'm going to, this is your decision, but I want you to come out of this as a good global citizen. I really would like for you to see the world in an evolved way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you might not change anything at all about who you are. But I just, it's important for me for you to see the values around the world, not just what we've taught you. I know what you've learned here in California. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's so good. What's the best place you've ever traveled? Portugal. 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 Have you been talking about it this weekend? No, but they were describing their whole trip and it is how we should go. You anybody that's listening, everybody needs to go to Portugal. It is my most magical place that I've been. And it's the people, the culture, the food. They have a mini Golden Gate Bridge. I mean, it's I walk there. I, the first time I went there, I was just like, where am I home? This is a mini home. It just feels very comfortable. Um, it's just a lovely place to travel. And I've traveled lots. That's still my, and that would be my absolute favorite. All right. Final four questions. What's your best piece of advice for women to apply today to level up tomorrow? Education. I think taking classes, being confident in what you're doing by keeping your education going and whatever that might mean to you, even if you just have a high school diploma, I don't care if you want to take, be good at a software, go take a class on it really level up and own those details and depend on yourself, understanding all of these things, whether it's marketing, sales, art, whatever you want it to be. I'd say, keep your education going. Where are you traveling to next? Uh, I'll be going to Miami in a few hours, actually. And then um, New Jersey, straight from there. Then I'll come back through Austin, Texas, back home. That's what is your... I know. I was like, so many questions. What's your favorite travel bag? What kind of shoes do you wear? How do you pack for this trip? I'm like diverting so quickly from our, from our final four. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. All black. I just try and keep everything I'm wearing as simple as possible and interchangeable. And I was the lady blazers that in have saved me because you can work for warmth and fashion and a business meeting. I love the lady blazer right now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Same. Except I don't just have black. I have like 18 different colors because you can really just you can mix and match whatever your philosophy is on mix and match I just think so it's coordinated and effortless effortless fashion's in right now anyway so if you're gonna wear sweats do those styly ones we're you know a cute cotton full leg one that you can actually wear again while you're there so you can pack the least amount but my team's probably laughing because I roll in with the biggest bag so they're laughing at me right now I'm bringing that up yeah All right. What's your pump up song? Oh, probably. Oh, I guess it would be. Yeah. Um, Miley Cyrus flowers. I know that's kind of cheesy, but I love that song. So good. Okay. Finally, what is your favorite quote? Well, actually music for the company. Um, it always seems impossible until it's done. Nelson Mandela, one of my largest heroes. Oh my gosh, Lacey, this has been so amazing. This conversation and Thank you for leading her forward on the Leadership is Female podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Emily, for having me. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Time is your most precious resource, and it means the world that you spent it with us. Please help us reach more people who need to hear these interviews by hitting the subscribe button and the five-star rating on your iPhone. Do you know someone who could benefit from this interview? Please share it. Take a screenshot and post your Instagram stories, copy the link and share on LinkedIn, or text that link to your colleague. The Leadership is Female podcast exists to showcase female leadership in sports and entertainment and give you the tips to level up. We will extend a hand back to lead you forward. Extend the same hand by sharing this with someone who needs to hear it. One last thing. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Leadership is Female. Now. 
take this lesson and run. Let's go.